Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Clapham Grand. Please welcome a man who can't believe he's about to be able to do his your much better than last week's audience joke again for the first time in ages. It's Richard Herring! Oh, thank you very much. Oh, oh, you're much better than last week's audience. Hey! Oh, it feels so good to be back. It's lovely to be back out in the real world. Thank you so much uh, for coming out. Um, it's been nice. Much better than last week's audience. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Richard Herring's uh, Labelling Sow Turds podcast. <laughs> uh, we're just going to be able to change the direction with where the podcast is. We're going to get the excrement of... Female pigs. And just put labels on uh, what, the, what kind of turd we think it is. That's so many different podcasts now that you have to think of something original. Though I was talking to uh, BTS uh, this week. I, I call them butts. You know, you know I mean, the K-pop. K-pop band, I don't need to tell you. I love K-pop. I love K-popping around, listening to the, the K-pop. My favourite, uh, Superm. That's what I call them, superm. It's, uh, they put the U in sperm, those guys. I think they might be called super M, but, you know, if you were cool, you'd find that joke funny. There's some kids at home going, oh, that was a funny joke when he called him superm. They put the U in sperm. 
they call it relish, but anyway, those guys. Um, good. Uh, look, uh, things are going. Look, things are going well. I, I decided um, after my health scare to get fit, and um, I have been uh, losing some weight, so I'm back to where I was uh, before the pandemic, as we said last week. Um, but uh, because I've lost weight, I notice you're sort of cautious, obviously, right? Because uh, I've had I've had cancer. I'm a cancer survivor, Andy McCage. And just because it's one that 99% of people survive, that doesn't mean it's not proper cancer. It's a good, I've had a proper cancer, and, I, and I'm going to go on about it a lot. The best thing about having cancer is that whenever anyone asks me on their podcast, and they ask me to be on their podcast, I would say, sorry, I've just had cancer. <laughs> and then they come back and go, oh God, I'm sorry, I didn't realise. And I'm laughing at them. If you've had one of those emails from me, I'm laughing at you. I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, but because I lost weight, I know there's a, like a, I found this lump on my side. And you think, oh, fucking hell, like, I've survived cancer. And now I've got another, I've got, the, I've got, I don't even know what that is. The side, of, the side cancer. There's a big lump on there. So I went, but the, the great thing is they're really good. The NHS are great. And uh, I said, I told my GP, he said, I'll ring the oncologist. And they saw me that, like, in, within a day. So it's great. Once you've had cancer, that's it. It's like you can't, you can't die because they just see you straight away. He said, I think that's, is this, he, said, he said, I think it's just a big lump of fat, subcutaneous fat that has, that has pulled there. Because you know, you've lost weight, you wouldn't have noticed it because you've lost weight. Now you can see it. It's called a lipoma. He thought it was a lipoma. But then they sent me for a scan like the next, uh, within a week I was having a full body scan. And it is, it is. Uh, a lipoma, but it's just like it feels, and it's a big one again. My testicle cancer was really big. It was, it was like six centimeters by four point five centimeters. This is like eight centimeters long. He said it's really big, but it's fine. It's not going to cause any problems. We won't do anything about it. It's like my body has just decided to start manufacturing <laughs> weird lumps and just. I'm not a bit bored. I'm fifty three, nearly fifty four. Let's just try and make some shit and see what happens. Just make big lumps of stuff in him. See what happens. It's, it's, it's annoying. Just trying out new stuff in it, it's like, like me. Just has to try and it's it is a it's a tumor, but it's a it's a it's a fun one. <laughs> They're not, you can't get it won't go away. Even if it's like, you see that. It's, uh... <laughs> one day I will die. That's what I've realised. <laughs> one one of these things will get me. But I'm all right. So the good news is I've had a full checkup and I'm, there's nothing wrong. So get another one in three months is brilliant. I love the NHS. Um, so please welcome my guest this week. She is probably best known for her appearance on Tractor Monkeys. And she is, as you'll know, a BAFTA Award losing actress. <laughs> Will you please welcome the incredible Sarah Kendall, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah Kendall, Tractor Monkeys. Ah, welcome. Thanks, Richard. How are you doing? Thank you. That's good. I was wondering what you were going to um, introduce me with this yeah, time. BAFTA Award loser. I mean, I'm a BAFTA. Tractor Monkeys. Tractor Monkeys and BAFTA Award loser. What is Tractor Monkeys? I want you to tell me that. What it, no, but what... Tractor Monkeys. It's on your IMDb page. Is it a TV show? I think it's a TV show. You played yourself on it. It sounds very good. <laughs> it sounds like it would have um, rated reckon, very well. I, I reckon imagine. it's an Australian show. 
Do you remember being on it, Tractor Monkeys? Don't even remember it, no. Wow, I've done so many things. Yeah, I've had quite a prolific career. <laughs> there was, of course, Tractor Monkeys, Tractor Monkeys. and uh, then Beehive, Beehive, which you always mention. I do, it's a good yeah. show. Uh, but that's nice. Oh, that was good new gear, by the way. It's what? Good new gear, good new jokes. Oh, thank you. I'm just messing around. It's good. Thank you. I made a decision in lockdown yeah. before all of this other unpleasantness that I was not going to do any old material ever again. Really? Yeah, unless you, I'm... Unless I think you'll ditch that when you're really dying next time on stage. And you will absolutely fucking go back to the good no, stuff. No, because what I have now is ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> but if I'm dying, I did a gig here. Right. And I did about five minutes. And then I just got my ventriloquist dummy out. Yeah. And then I was... He died. It was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was rubbish. When was the last remember. time... Have you gigged here? When was the last time? I gigged here in like September or something. They did a big charity... How'd you go? It was all right, yeah, it was all right. And I did it, I did it. But I'm not, I haven't been doing much stand up anyway. Yeah. And I just got fed up of doing the same, like, yeah, yeah. it's nearly always charity gigs, and I do the same 10 minutes, and some of it's like really, like really old. Some of it's older than some do of the Do you do to be or not to be? Uh, no. No, I love that joke. Thank you. I still do it. I drop it in conversations and pretend it's mine. I, I can't do it. I can't even tell people what the joke is because that would be me doing the old material. So. Wow, you're really serious. What is written in that book? It's all my questions for you and all my... Why, but that's, I, I honestly, when you asked me to do this, and I don't mean this, in, like, I don't mean yeah. to crash this before we've started, yeah. I genuinely don't know why you've invited me on. Because I can't think of anything you haven't already asked me. There's loads. And also, I think you know me well enough that you could probably answer the questions yourself. <laughs> like, I think if you took a shot at most of those questions, you'd be in the ballpark of what I would say. Well... I'm not sure about that. Mm. I haven't seen Oh, I love it. Very Frost Nixon there. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's just see. I'm not sure about it. I think I've got... The problem I have now... Yeah. I think I research my guests too much. Oh, uh, really? That's the problem. Yeah, I used to just wing it. And it was, I think the show was better. Yeah, When oh, I completely. didn't know anything about them. Well, then you're more like them. Yeah. Because they don't care. <laughs> so if you come in too prepared, you've, got to, you've sort of got to be their yeah. sort of connective tissue to I've been this, I was listening to you all the way here. I was listening to you prattling on. Prattling on, which would track the monkeys. <laughs> I was listening to Australian Tales. On Australian Audible. Tales, series one, two, series one and two. I think I believed I listened to all, I listened to six shows, six yeah. half-hour shows. I was six, three hours of you uh, talking about. That's a it's lot of very, name. very good. I didn't know where you were going to go with that. When you went very, very... I was all ready to go, go fuck yourself, Richard. And then when you finished that with good, I thought, stand down. Well, I know you've been doing storytelling shows, and I have seen one of the storytelling shows. Thank you. One of them. I've only seen one of them live, which is crazy. Which one? I, a, I don't know, one of the ones oh, where, you're you. where you're lying about what's happened in I your remember, life. <laughs> I remember all your shows. I can name them in sequence. It's you being in Australia. Stuff yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I also, the good thing is about getting older is I don't fucking remember anything I've seen. So I can watch yeah. everything again. Yeah. And it's like watching it the first time. Yeah. I've watched The American Office twice during <laughs> lockdown, I promise you. And I didn't remember it from yeah. the first time I watched it in lockdown. Yeah. I think if I went back and watched Breaking Bad, there'd be three moments that I go, oh, yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah, the rest of it would be a complete surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite good, but it does mean just end up watching the, the same things again. Um, but, uh, well, we might talk about that in a second. First of all, yes. let's talk mm. about... I'm annoyed with you because you have taken my Taskmaster crown away from me and you are now the Taskmaster Look at that. Champion. I don't feel like I got long enough. It's like you should be a year, right, where you get to travel around. And, like, yeah. 
and do and open fates and things. A victory lap and yeah. go to barnstorming shows in the Midwest. <laughs> Hold the trophy aloft. Yeah. You didn't get that moment. I, didn't, I, I mean, they churn out so many series of it so quickly. Yeah. That and I mean, they've already announced the lineup for series twelve. Like, I see. I feel that. I feel that. It, the minute they did it the same with my, but when mine finished, they announced yours, and when yeah. yours finished, they announced the next lot. Yeah. And then all the news is the next series. It's not yeah. Sarah Kendall here. She is with her trophy yeah. or yeah. Richard Herring. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sarah. Yeah. Ke- it's like oh, Victoria Crown Mitchell's in it. Yeah. And then no, it's, yeah. It, it's, but apparently what was nice, because I did Ed Gamble's uh, podcast, and he said that you, had, you thought that I was going to win it. You had, you'd been quite supportive thinking. Now, was that you just being nice? I, did, I, wanted you, I, I wanted you or Mike to win it, and I thought, well, you or Mike would win it, and I thought you probably would win it, and it looked like you were going to win it easily, and, and then, then you really fucked it up. Oh, didn't I? I mean, didn't man, I? I thought you were not going to win it in the end. It was awful, because I kind of... <laughs> I went in so strong. It's like that feeling... When you go into a gig and you smash it so hard for the first 10 minutes, you're like, this is going to be the easiest gig. And then suddenly you're just dying. And you're like, what happened? What did I do? Why do they hate me now? And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually going to end up last having sort of started so strong. And, yeah, I I felt like the whole thing was disintegrating. The spoilers in this, by the way. In the last task, you really fucked up the last task. Which one was the last task? They were dressing up as a llama. It was so bad. Yeah. I was the only one who had it on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but also, not only did I have it on backwards, but I realised that when I had it halfway on, that it was on backwards, and I simply didn't have the time yeah. to put on the right way. So I thought I'd try to s- cheat it by twisting its head around so the head was facing the correct way, but it had this weird neck distortion, and I didn't know that there was a tail on my crotch, so I didn't know I was... <laughs> Standing there with a hairy dick and the head on backwards going, and did I win? <laughs> like, it was so... And, and I, knew I, I knew I'd fucked it. And I, as I said to Ed Gamble, I was so sad at that point because I thought, I'm not going to win now. <laughs> so not only was I kind of sad that I was going to lose, but I, I, was, I looked so stupid. <laughs> And I love what Greg said when Greg said, actually, no, just hold them there in place for a moment. I want all the casting directors to get a good look. <laughs> uh, but you did, you did win. I think, but it's the same for, you know, I wanted to win more than I wanted to get any work out of doing this show. Yes, I just and wanted to win. And that's very much been how it's worked out for me. Yeah, nothing... <laughs> Nothing. And I think for both of us, like in my series, I think Daisy May Cooper, who was already incredibly successful, right. was the sort of standout one that everyone wanted to win and, yeah. and then goes on to win by getting lots of work. Right. And Mike Wozniak was yeah. sort of the standout. Yeah, completely. I mean, he's sort of the winner, right? Because oh, yeah, of, he's, he's ab- absolutely. Yeah. And he was so funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I did have that thing when we were recording the studio things that I... You know when you're on with someone that you like so much, you sort of disengage from your job <laughs> and you just go, oh, this is really funny. I'm just going to watch it like it's on TV. Yeah, I did, I did, was, that was how I Yeah, and I forgot. <laughs> I kept on going, oh, I should interact and say something or contribute because I'm being paid to be here. <laughs> I was just sitting there enjoying Mike so much. Yeah. When his hemorrhoid popped out, <laughs> I have never... You know me and I, I love anything to do with poop. It always makes me laugh. Do you know what I did as soon as I got here? I did a poop in your dressing room. Yeah. I did. I used your bathroom. Yeah. Because I thought that's funny. I'm going to go and take a. Sh- I'm going to take a shit in Rich's dressing room. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't even mention it. Because the first thing I do when I get to a gig is I need a dump. I arrive yeah. and go. Oh, I need a dump. Yeah. Anyway, so he. Uh, 
Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, when well, Mike's hammer yeah. popped out. I just laughed so hard. I was absolutely beside myself. They had to stop and the makeup people had to redo because <laughs> the mascara had gone all over my face and my eyes were bright red and my nose had started running. And it was just the funniest thing I've ever seen. He's so effortlessly funny. He's great. He is good. But that's, it's better to win, though. So as long as oh, we it's won, much better to win. We were winners. And what I loved about it, it was, it was such a baller move for him to shave all his hair off for the, was, for the, in the last episode. But then to lose with that, I think, is... Yeah. I think there's something, uh, that was, gave me more pleasure than anything. But he did something that was clearly <laughs> going to give it... That could have been it. That could have been game over for you. Yeah. Uh, and that he still lost, so he still had to have the hair. Yeah, but that's that's kind of in keeping with why he's so lovable. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good, you know, it's, it's, it's but he's also a doctor. Yes, and that's what makes him even better. Anyone who's a doctor for me is like I just have this kind of that's just like oh wow, and to know that he's also a doctor just gives him that extra layer of like he's incredible. He he's is. an incredible human. Well, and he's and he's sort of an underrated talent. We had him on the, on, on this show yeah. uh, when I was touring, and um, yeah, it's good. It's good to see him. Hopefully, get what he says. But you know, he'll get work out of it. Whereas yeah. I, well, no, nothing. literally nothing. 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 Absolutely nothing. I remember Channel Four saying, "Are oh, we going to really stick with the contestants? So the people we have on the show are going to really the people we want to see on Channel Four? Not a fucking thing. <laughs> Not a sausage. Eight out of ten cats never been on it." I've never been invited onto 8 out of 10 no. cats. Never. Or, uh, no, I don't get invited to any of them. But I've got like ventri- I could be great and I've got ventriloquist dummies. I could yeah. go on and do that. Would you go on 8 out of 10 cats? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, is that, are you allowed to invite? Is that an official invite? Would you go on? Yeah, I'll do yeah. it. Okay, you know, I'm, I'll just turn up next week. I think that's exactly the right level. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> I don't care either way. Yeah, right. <laughs> I sort of feel, though, Taskmaster was the, thing I, the last thing I wanted to do on TV, apart from... All the quizzes that I'll go on. It's the last thing. That I think you it was wanted. the last one. I think because I, I don't think t- there's not much, there's not many opportunities on TV outside of acting. Yeah. Um, there aren't many opportunities for a comedian anymore. And Taskmaster, I think uh. I really wanted to do that show. And there aren't any other shows that I'm really going. Oh. What did you find out about yourself on? Was there anything that you found out about yourself on Taskmaster? Yeah, I was really. I thought I was um, much more straight down the line than I thought I'd be. I was much. I just did the most obvious thing for each oh, one. Okay. But I think that's the way to win. Yeah. And I think that's probably what I was thinking. Yeah. But I didn't do anything, any bells or whistles. I just went right. Let's do the task and do it. And I think that's the best way to play the game. Right. Because if you try to be clever, half the time you completely fuck up. So Moan yeah. on my on, on my series, yeah. he did some genius things. But then he did some utterly ridiculous things. Okay, right. And so that, that flamboyance that can really backfire. That average is at two or three. And then I, if you just do your best, you average at three or four, I think. I think that's basically what happens. Right. Uh, um, I kind of wanted, I wanted to win it more than anything else. But yeah, I was, a, I was, I was just like, he, Greg called it correctly. That I was just a, a daddy's boy trying to please, please daddy. Which <laughs> he was said him. that. Yeah. You're a daddy's boy yeah, trying basically. to please daddy. And yeah. you put up with that shit. Yeah. I, I, I agreed, and, the, and, he, Are you and it made me happy when he was pleased with me. And, yeah, but that's the weird thing that starts to happen, is that it is a, quite an interesting psychological experiment. You start wanting to please Greg. Yeah. Something very dark starts to take over, <laughs> where when he throws you a point, you're like, thank you, Greg. Yeah. Thank you so much, Greg. And when he, when he sort of doesn't, when he picks on someone else, you're so relieved that someone else is getting picked on for their stupidity. <laughs> Like, it brings out a very dark... Th- and I think most of it has to do with our education system. He is such a school teacher. He is such a, a tyrant school teacher. So we all have that sort of layered into our psychology. And so much about school is about 
reward and performing under pressure and about being clever and about being stupid and, and failure is stupidity and, and, and doing well is, is clever. And the, the whole thing is just such a sort of... I, it made me think about how I interact with, like, with, with pressurised situations. Like, what I found about myself is that the more I care and the more I want something the more likely I am to just fuck it completely. <laughs> yeah. Like, the more I started wanting it, the more I was caring about it, the yeah. worse it got. Yeah. But a lot of it, it's not in your... I mean, it's so arbitrary, really. Oh, completely, yeah. And, like, there's, there's always, like, a decision somewhere in the series. You go, oh, if that had been reversed, then it would be someone else. But, you know, it, it's, it's sort of meaningless. And people get very upset yeah. about... I thought that was fucked what he said about my backpack. <laughs> I was genuinely angry, and they yeah. kind of cut out of it. And I, like, I fought him hard on that in the studio. Yeah. I was like, you for fucking real. I had a, like, and he was like, oh, picnic girl. And, and like, I was, I was really knobbed off about that. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I thought Lee Mack was going to be, I thought he was going to give me more trouble. I thought he was going to, because he. But he, he was really, so he won about the last three of the last four, or maybe even yeah. the last three. Yeah, but and he you only won three. You only won three. I won. I, I was first six times. You're one of those people who remember these. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, what I can't understand is how I was. First, I was. I won five and I was equal first in another one. I think I was. There was two that I tied. Right. Um, but I can't work out how I was. So I was until the last task. I was behind. Yeah. And I won half the shows. That's a fucking outrage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't work out how I did. Yeah. That. I can see why you've thought about this as much as you have. But you yeah. won three, and that's it. You won the first three. The first three, didn't you? three of the first four. I did win. I just kept on winning yeah. and I was so puffed up. I was going back to my dressing room like like, like what I imagine Tom Cruise is like <laughs> when he's alone. I was like, yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> and like whispering to myself, you can do this. So I was really like a Scientologist I reckon would be about everything. I don't know what that Good. means. Good. I want to read this to you. This might take a little time. This oh. is my favourite thing to come out of Taskmaster, okay. which is the Hello article that I found today. Taskmaster, meet the partners of the show's stars. I'm going to take you through this whole thing because I just think this is possibly the worst article ever written. This is today. I, I found it today, but I don't think it came out today. I think it probably came out at the beginning of the series, right? Greg Davis. Greg Davis, 52, prefers to keep his personal life out of the spotlight, so it's not known whether he currently has a partner. The comedian was in a relationship with Labour Party president, politician Liz Kendall, but the two parted ways in 2015 after eight years of dating. Though I think couldn't hear any of that. Could any of you understand? It's a little bit echoey up here on stage. Could you Is hear, that the reverberation, you? or was that just insane? It's just... It was too fast. Slow it down a well, little. Well, Greg Davis prefers no, to keep not his that personal bit. life out of the spotlight. Fuck... Alex Horn, right, so this is Meet the Partners. Okay. Alex Horn, 42, and his wife Rachel met over 20 years ago. They're both students at Cambridge University. They've been by each other's side ever since, having tied the knot in 2005. That's good. Yeah. Charlotte Ritchie. Charlotte Ritchie, 31, who has previously starred on the likes of Call the Midwife, is believed to be single. In the past, she's spoken about dating an economist who she met during her time at university, but in an interview with The Guardian, she referred to him as her ex. I'm, I was glad to hear that. Even I just I'm don't married. know where this is going, and I'm sort of. <laughs> I just. Think, I just wish you'd skip to it and just get to me. <laughs> no, I, read like, Lee Mack, it's not even funny about you. It's just that this is meet the partner. So far, we got one guy's married. We yeah. know that he's married. Yeah. Greg Davis, we're not. We, we're not sure. Yeah. What, his what did they say? He's he's very Charlotte private. Richie, yeah. He's very private. Charlotte Richie, we're not sure. We just what, don't we know. Don't, we know. We yeah, know yeah. she went out with someone once. Yeah. Lee Mack. <laughs> 
He's also married. They've got him, okay? <laughs> Jamali Maddox. Not much is known about Jamali Maddox's personal <laughs> life. <laughs> the 29-year-old comedian who grew up in Essex but is of British, Greek, and Jamaican descent prefers to keep his private life out of the spotlight. So it's not known what his current relationship is. I hope I've got all of them. Oh, no. I don't, I see it's... Mike Wozniak. Mike Wozniak, 41, who's perhaps best known for starring alongside Taskmaster Greg in Channel 4 Comedy Man Down, is another one of the show stars who prefers to keep his love life private. <laughs> Sarah Kendall, Australian comedienne. Sarah Kendall, 44. Tick. Is married to acclaimed British playwright and comedy writer Henry Naylor. While it's not known how the pair met, <laughs> Henry has won multiple awards at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which Sarah has been performing at annually since 2003. So it's possible their romance started there. That's a fucking article in a newspaper. That was, Meet the partners. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> they don't even know how you met. No, but you know, also... Might have met, might met. I reckon they might have met the yeah. fringe. <laughs> or a library, or an airport. Who knows? I guess we'll never know. There's no way of us ever finding out. <laughs> we'll just agree that there's no way to find out. Someone got all fuck. Whoa. It's one of those wobbly Whoa. ones. Whoa, don't laugh at him. <laughs> had cancer. He's had cancer, guys. Back off. Jeez, what is it with this audience laughing at cancer survivors? So I enjoyed that. Uh, I find that was my favourite bit of research. Into How did you end up there? Because I googled Sarah Kendall. Sarah Kendall partner. <laughs> did she marry? Did she marry that guy from the Edinburgh? Where did you meet your? Uh, where did you meet your husband? We met at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Did I see the Melbourne, which Comedy. is where I met you. It is. Well, I was going to say. I just wanted to say, in all sincerity. Yeah. I was going to be sincere about that. I always had a really difficult time at that Melbourne Comedy Festival because I think I'd just broken up with someone and I was on my own yeah. and all my supposed friends from the UK because I wasn't a big deal at the Melbourne Comedy Festival weren't yeah. very nice to me. Yeah. And you were very nice to me. Was I? That yeah, didn't sound like me. Are you sure that's yeah, me in the story? We went, we went out for lunch and you were, you know, you, you were, and I'd only just met you and you were very... I was a pretty decent person, wasn't I? You were very I? decent and nice to me. And, and I that was before you'd had cancer, too. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Look how much I cared about you before all that. It was probably in there growing. You probably, <laughs> you probably <laughs> sniffed it out like a dog. I knew. Yeah, like a greyhound. <laughs> I just knew something was up. I'm trying to remember how we met. I should know that. I'm pretty good at remembering stuff I don't like remember that. how we met exactly, but I do remember us... What was I the was, show that you were doing? I was probably the f- doing Christ on the Bike the first time. Yeah, Christ on the Bike. Which room? Powder room? I was... I don't remember. It was empty. <laughs> oh, that's... Do you know, I, the second time I did the Melbourne Festival, I was doing the same room as Flight of the Concord. Right. And it was a 60-seater. And with each night, they were trebling their sails. Like, it was just so clear that they were destined for the moon and the stars. And as they just... They'd sold their whole run by about the fourth day and had to move to a bigger room. And I was like, bye, guys! <laughs> and then stuck in that shitty room for the rest of the festival, kind of half-filling it, like just doing okay. It was yeah. like second festival. But that was sort of... Um, when, I, when I saw them and, and saw the, the effect that they had on a room full of people, <laughs> it, it was slightly that kind of, oh, I've gigged with Elvis. Like, you know, it was just so obvious that, you know... 
such a big fan of theirs and I was sort of so jealous of the fact yeah. they were doing so well that even when I saw them I refused to enjoy it yeah and then, I'm, and then subsequently, I'm such a big fan of this. I could have hung out with them. And, yeah. at least and they're, so, they, they're, they're just so, so nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. They are just so nice. They yeah. are such, I mean, they might be wankers now. Yeah, probably. But I, maybe. But they were very nice probably. back in the day. I like that about you. Because um, that's very... I feel, I feel the same way. When something's wildly <laughs> successful, I just hate it. Yeah. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to hear about it because I'm so jealous. And then I grudgingly watch it and go, oh, fuck, it's brilliant. <laughs> but I get really eaten up by other people's success and I don't enjoy watching other people have massive success. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing it's to... It's tough. It's tough, but you, yeah. I think you get used to it. I think it was, that was just such... It was weird for me because it, like, it was 2001, 2002, I guess. And like it felt like everything was falling off a cliff in the UK. Right. But then, but then going to, and then it was like going to a completely different, like career wise and personal wise. Right. And then coming to a different country and then just not knowing anyone. And yeah. And it was odd as well because like people I knew who were big friends with me in Edinburgh were like all a bit. No. You know, you know this, uh, you're not as helpful to be in this festival. So wow. It felt, that's how it felt. But that fe- it's amazing how much the festival has changed now because there used to be this kind of excitement about the international acts oh. that kind of, it's not, it's a lot more of an even playing field now. Like, it sort of feels like Australia's got, it's it sort of nurtured a lot more of its own talent mm. and it's got its own superstars. Whereas back in the day, there was this kind of, oh my God, these, you know, acts from overseas. And I just yeah, think it's... Not me though, they, were, they didn't have you. that for me. No, <laughs> So thanks for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was a shitty anecdote. Go on, Next question. Next question. Next question. Um, What's with your phone case? Or is that the battery? It's a, ba- it's a big, it's, oh. a ba- it's a case, it's a battery, so my battery lasts all day. It's Clever. It's very good. Yeah. It's very good. Do you, um, nothing. I wanted to ask you about your hair. Everyone talked about your hair in Taskmaster. It's nice that we've got the same haircut now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the deal. You can only get onto Richard's <laughs> podcast if you get your hair cut like him. <laughs> It looks nice now. I mean, like, it was in Taskmaster, I'm guessing. It was fantastic on, on Taskmaster. And then I just did Series 2 Afraid, so I had yeah. to get it cut into this absolutely absurd haircut for Afraid. Yeah. Um, which is a haircut that's incredibly unmanageable in, in, in life. Because if you don't style it, it just looks crazy. But if you do a full blow-dry on it, it also looks crazy because <laughs> no one has their hair styled like that. Like, it's like Crystal Carrington in Dynasty. If you can remember what Crystal Carrington looked like in Dynasty, which is a sort of like a bob with these massive bangs coming out the side. Um, so if you do style it, you're walking around with a hair cut like that. People think you're even crazier because you've had a 90-minute blow-dry <laughs> to get that look. Mm-hmm. So the other option is to... Anyway, so it's starting to grow back. Nature yeah. is healing. It's, yeah. it's, well, it was, it was the thing that most people talked about in Taskmaster. That's all they talked about. Yeah. yeah. And online, if you put Sarah Kendall into Google, yeah. one of the first questions that comes up was, does Sarah Kendall wear a wig? Yeah, Diane Morgan's not helping with that. <laughs> <laughs> about once every three days, she just tweets, it's a wig. Like, that's just an ongoing... But I've got this picture. I keep on threatening to, to show it. Uh, I've got a picture of her getting a wig fitted in the makeup truck. And it is the... I'll show it to you afterwards. It is the... And I keep on going, like, I'm being really nice and not tweeting this picture. But it's the fucking... It's the most appalling picture that you've of any human <laughs> in any makeup truck. 
she keeps on going, don't you fucking dare. And I'm like, she's going to push me over the edge <laughs> one day soon. But yeah. No, do people think it... Do they, hang on, do they think that my hair on Taskmaster was a I wig? reckon they do. I mean, I think, you know, they can't believe someone would have a, that quantity of hair on their actual yeah. head. I guess yeah. they're thinking there must be some kind of wig that someone could have that much hair. Yeah, right. I don't they understand that hair continues to grow. It just keeps growing. If you don't... If you yeah. Don't, yeah. It is kind of weird when people say it like I've, I know this sounds like I don't mean to sound like a wanker but when they say it like no one's ever said it when they go wow you've got a lot of hair I'm like do you think <laughs> you really think you're the first person to have said that thank you <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore yeah it's good this, you know it's good to have a gimmick and it's just you know yeah mine's hair yeah yours just having handsome. hair that is who, yeah. who could we need to get someone for this TV show have they got hair yeah yeah let's get Sarah Kendall. I want a I want a lucrative contract with a hair product yeah like, I really mean that, and I keep saying that. I'm not joking. I will fucking promote the shit out of any product. I, I, just, I just think that's easy money, and I want it. Yeah. Like, head and shoulders. But there's or... a lot of competition for hair. Yeah, but right? how many hair models have got this fucking well, glorious crown? See, Wozniak, again, he's gone for the hemorrhoids, and there isn't any competition for hemorrhoids. If he doesn't get an advert, I and mean, they have joked about that on the podcast, but if, they, yeah. if he doesn't get an advert for the hemorrhoid thing... What did he say? Bang. He's got it. Well, they just said, you know, they said that's, that's a definitely a career. And someone, a hemorrhoid cream is going to see that. Yeah. I'm trying to think, you know when people promote products that you go, remember when Pele did um, erectile dysfunction? <laughs> yeah. And Pele was like, I'm Pele. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Pele. And then was promoting Viagra or something. It was something about erectile dysfunction. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's such a gutsy move, isn't yeah. it? To just attach yourself to... When you're Pele, you can do what you like. You can do no whatever one, the fudge no you want. Complain. <laughs> Yeah. And he doesn't mind people thinking he can't get an erection. Yeah. He gives it, I don't give a shit. I'm Pele. <laughs> okay. And I can get an erection. I've got special pills. Yeah. Um. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Talking of Afraid, so there's a new series of Afraid, which, which is, is yeah. which is um, 
It's, a, it's set in the 1980s. Set in the 1980s. And it, so it's not autobiographical. Biographical, exactly. You haven't watched it, have you? I have watched it, but again, it was ages ago, and okay. I was going to watch again this week, and then no. Um, no. Uh, Shrill's back on now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I did watch it, Yeah. and I do want to, but why, why did Why you, the 1980s? Why did you set in the 1980s? Because I don't know how to plot something with the existence of the internet and everyone having phones. Okay. I genuinely mean that. I don't know how you do an intricate plot when everybody has a device where they can be reached out to at every second of the day. Like... It's such a plot problem. Who knows what, at what point, in any moment of the day, if they all have phones and can communicate with each other, it's a nightmare. Mm. Like, somebody, there was a scriptwriter I was listening to, a pod, I can't remember who it was, but they said something like, every episode of The Famous Five is made impossible with mobile phones. Yeah. <laughs> like, every, they go, oh my God, where are they? Oh, hang on, I've located them. <laughs> I've got the exact location, I've got the coordinates, they're in a well. <laughs> I know how to... Yeah. So I, just, I, I kind of wanted to do something... Pl- and I also wanted to do something that predated that instant kind of knowing everything at every point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really liked the, the, how big the world felt before the internet that people would move to the other side of the world and you could make up a bullshit story about yourself because there, no, there was no way of checking in on it. Now, if you did that, people would just look at your sort of sure. your footprint online and it would be impossible for a character like my character to go and lie the amount that, that she lies. Yeah. I remember we had a guy at our school when I was, in, I was in high school and he was Canadian, a Canadian exchange student, and he told everybody that he had been in the Degrassi Junior High TV show <laughs> and that he was best friends with um, Joey Jeremiah <laughs> and that they hung out all the time and that they had a band in real life. Like, it was called Zit Remedy on the show, but they also had a band in real life. Like, and looking back, absolutely none of it was true, <laughs> but it was that sort of heyday where if you were an exchange student, you could go, actually, back home, I'm, I'm married to... Christy Brinkley. Christy Brink- I'm 14 and Christy Brinkley is my wife and you can't prove otherwise. I don't know why I said Christy Brinkley. Why did I good, say that? It was a good choice. Yeah, I don't know. No, I like it. Thanks. But yeah, so I, I think I, I, I sort of, I like the idea of having this character who was in a world that was so big that she, she could go on the lam and make up a whole story and, and kind of get away with it. Well, that's good. And you do, you know, you do like enjoy within your stuff playing around with facts and, yeah yeah which yeah. is in, which is, and you seem to enjoy stories about people who tell lies and do yeah it. i do i love i yeah. think lying is hilarious yeah one of my favorite people is rachel dolezal do you remember rachel dolezal I, do. I mean i know like her story i could not get enough of it i inhaled that story for those of you who don't know she was the it's really bad i don't know if i should be oh now i don't know if i'm getting into territory where it's not funny right oh, i might have a 4am panic and tell you to edit this out okay but she was, she was like head of African-American studies at a, you know, I can't remember, a university in America. And she was always, like she was out on marches all the time. And um, then she just got rumbled. She was white and she was curling her hair and using loads and loads of fake tan and posing as being African-American. But she wasn't, she was white. And there was a moment where she's on television being interviewed and they went, both your parents are white. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? And they're like... Both your parents are like, you don't, you're not mixed race, you're, you're white. And she was like, what? 
And I, couldn't, I watched it again and again and again because I couldn't stop laughing. I love watching people lie and get rumbled. It's like, it's this thing that I just, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. She made me laugh so much. I love people who lie. <laughs> really big ones too. Really big lies. That is a big lie. And it is ball, it's a ballsy move. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. And then I watched a really depressing documentary about her that made me go, oh, that's not that funny now. Okay. Everything's, everything's not funny when you look closer. <laughs> and then you hear the really sad story behind the person who did it, and you're like, oh, fuck, great, thanks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I do. I, I just find lying funny. When people just busk it in the moment and it just gathers momentum, that always makes me laugh. Oh, it's good. It, it is good. I, there's something out of that I do remember from Freight. That's where, very good, Richard. Thank you. And that's, I've given, I'm going to make it a new emergency question and I'll ask you, and I assume the answer to this is yes. Yeah. Um, there's a famous bit where there's a bit where you're someone's doing a poo uh in public mm. next to you and you, there's a toilet nearby and you yeah. say there's a toilet there yeah. have you ever seen someone shit in public yourself in real life yeah yeah is yeah but is that based on what yeah. happened, happened no 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 i was um I w- this is when uh one of my kids uh, I, I picked up my daughter from nursery and i went with a, a couple of mums there was this is such a boring story <laughs> I'm so sorry, this story sucks. You have to do with I'm going to go through that anyway. And we went to Carluccio's, which is in Putney, sort of looks over the Thames, and it was really low tide. And I was watching a guy um, from a distance, and he went over to the Thames, and he was, um, uh, I don't, well, anyway, so he, he went over, <laughs> and he pulled his pants down, and he did a poo. Yeah. And then uh, he was bathing himself, like wash, washing himself in the in the Thames. Oh my goodness! I know, and I just watched the whole thing. I was absolutely fascinated. Yeah. Just watching a grown man, like, I wonder where, how he got there. Like, <laughs> how do you get to the point where it's midday and you're taking a shit in the Thames, and then using it as a bidet? Like he was actually <laughs> using the, the Thames. You're making your ass dirtier than it was. I was like. <laughs> But it's like yeah, like that, and my daughter's choking on pesto pasta, and I'm like, <laughs> couldn't stop. And I was telling yeah. the other mums, I was like, guys, guys, I think he's going to do a shit, guy. And everyone was like, and didn't want to talk. And I said, but no, he's doing it. He's actually, oh my god, guys. And no one, no one was on on my way. It's, 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 it's an amazing thing to see. Yeah. There was a guy in Cheddar who looked really like my granddad. <laughs> I wasn't honest, my granddad kept getting mistaken from because my granddad had this big shock of white hair, sort yeah. of like Don King. Yeah. But he wasn't pretending he was uh, <laughs> black. He wasn't black. Uh, and um, there was a guy who looked exactly like him, and I saw him shitting in a gr- just by the graveyard. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then every time my granddad would come to town, people were going, "Hey!" <laughs> so they thought he was the shitting in the the man who shit. I bet that's stuck stuck in cheddar. It's it's just like, you know, but again, it's lying. It's like saying, I care so little about about society that I'm just going to shit. Yeah. Yeah, There's a toilet over there. There's a public toilet, but I'm going to shit. Yeah. My brother talks about, like, every conversation I have with my brother, he'll start with an update on the shit that he did that day. Right. It's just how he thinks thinks that small talk. (laughs) So we're like, hey, how's it going? Go, oh, not too bad. Oh, mate, I did the biggest shit at work this morning. <laughs> I'm saying that like I'm saying that that's a funny thing about him and that's exactly how I started this gig. <laughs> I was telling that like my brother's such a dick and that's exactly what yeah. I did. 
Is the character your? Is that your brother in Frayed? Basically, there's very the, close. Yeah, it's it really close. I and actually does he mind that? Because it's no, like, no, he loves he it. He thinks it. it's really funny. Okay. But also all the things, because Ben, uh, my brother is called Ben, but the actor okay. who plays Jim, Ben Minge, uh, is, uh, like, because Newcastle's really small, our families all, all sort of know each other, and I went to school with his older sister, she was in the year above me, like, I, when he did the audition, we sort of knew each other, in, right. in, a, in a small town kind of way, and he just nailed the audition because he knew exactly what I was, he knew exactly the type of person, it's a very Australia-specific kind of character. Sure. Yeah, but he's just so funny to work with. I do, I love Ben. And so do the people of Newcastle uh, enjoy this? No, depiction? a lot of them don't like it. <laughs> but you're filming in, you film it in. Yeah, and, and the locals tell you to get fucked and right. stuff. Yeah, like if you close off their street for filming, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And you're like, well, we're filming. They're like, yeah, I can't get out of my fucking driveway, can I, you cunts? And you're like, oh. Like, it's just a really fighty, you know. And people in the background will be going... And they're like, you know, the director will be like, cut, we've got people in the background fucking flipping. <laughs> people like mooning and, you know, slapping up their asses. And we're like, guys, we're trying to fill... Like, it's, yeah. They hate They hate us. They, they think you. we're a bunch of... So delighted to see you return for another series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so what, in, in Australian Tales, which is the... You can get on Audible, I got it today, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, a lot of it's about your childhood, and it's, but it's... That's all, you know... I mean, the only reason why I... Like, I was thinking about this when I was doing the live shows in Edinburgh. Yeah. When you start a book, there isn't a note at the beginning from the author going, hi, this is all made up. Yeah. I'm the author, <laughs> and the story that you're about to read is not true. I've made it up. It's a fiction. But when you get out on stage and tell a story, if you go, here's the story that I, I made up, people kind of disengage. Whereas if you go, this is a story that happened to me, yeah. then you instantly have people... They, but I, what I like about it is you sort of, uh, uh, you know, you're winking at that. Yeah, completely. And, and, and so that you're saying, you know, it's some of this is made up, some of it isn't made up, or is it made up, or isn't yeah. it made up? Yeah. So you're playing within the structure of right. the piece about yeah. what is fiction and what is real. I'm at no point going, this is a confessional story about when <laughs> I murdered my school friend. <laughs> you know, like there's always that kind of... But I, I do the whole thing as a piece, like it's a story, like you would in a, in a, if you're reading it in a book. Yeah. That you start the book and the, the story starts. Yeah. You know. Um, well, I like it, and I sort of don't want to know if... If it, I mean, if it, none of it's true, then that's... I've been in therapy a lot in the last two years. <laughs> right. And my therapist has listened to all of it. And yeah. it's really interesting, the stuff that she picked up about the things that are true psychologically, like yeah. the through lines of... I think there, there are truths in there. They're not necessarily things that have happened, but the, 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 the through lines of what's going on in here. Was there a big earthquake in Newcastle? Yeah, there the was. Yeah. Yeah, there was, okay. 1989. Right. Yeah. You didn't look that up. You looked up Hello Magazine. <laughs> you didn't look up didn't look Earthquake. Up. That's I wanted fascinating. to ask you about it. But I know it's fascinating because it's, it is, it's, so, it's so engaging and it's brilliant storytelling. And I know you've been doing this for a long time. Mm. But it's, and it's for a radio. Was it on Radio 4? Because it's super rude. It was BBC Radio 4. But I feel like I should say at this point that so much credit needs to go to my producer, Carl Cooper, who um, I collaborated with him. Like, that was, he, we worked so closely on that. We worked so hard on it. Um, it, it I, I, I really feel he should be mentioned as part of the conversation about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and his obsession with story and his obsession with um, uh, 
how 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 you can work you know what the audience knows what we know what what how much we can play with the format you know he's really um one of the most interesting producers because I think we both know that a lot of producers are pretty shit. <laughs> yeah, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he's very good. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's, he's actually right. asleep. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. That is how little he he'll gives edit a that. shit. He'll edit yep. that. Yeah, no. Ben. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's, 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 you can get it for one Audible credit, you get six episodes, it's fantastic. That's amazing. Um, and it's really, well, because it, it's, you've done these as shows as well, so they're so honed. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, but it's, it's it, yeah, it's, it, the truths are, you know, it's about growing up and feeling displaced. And, yeah. Uh, did you, yeah. Were you that, did you feel like uh, an outsider as a kid in reality? I'm assuming everyone did. Yeah. I can't like I haven't spoken to anyone who talks about their upbringing and goes I was so secure and confident. Yeah. I don't know anyone who, who like I think everyone thinks that they're going in their own sort of personal hell. Um, I, th- I think that there's an ongoing there are certain ongoing threads through through the show. A lot of, there's a lot of stuff about guilt. There's a lot of guilt complex. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I certainly did feel I actually fit in quite well. But I fit in through through comedy like yeah. comedy was my way and I think most comedians have that in common is that we figured out really early on that the easiest way in was to to find what's funny about you and push in really hard on that um, I don't know if it was I don't know it was either you or Stuart who said that people who were comedians weren't the class clown they were the best friend of the class clown yeah, and they, Stuart. that was Stuart yeah. I'd never say something like that <laughs> oops <laughs> my, my. Um, well I probably said it first, and then he. And then said he it. plagiarized it. <laughs> sounds sounds likely, but no, I think I think that the when you're the best friend of the funny person, you're studying what they're doing and you're mm. learning it as a craft. Like you're already learning the craft, and that was certainly true of me. My best friend was the fu- and still is one of the funniest people I've ever known, and I watched her very very closely because she it was so natural to her, whereas it wasn't natural to me. I had to figure out how to do it. Is the story, you start the whole thing out about the woman who uh, had an incurable, or thought she had an incurable cancer, and then one of the things she wanted to do was... That was the story in the Daily Mail. Right. Yeah. That, so was, she, yeah, that was almost word for word. So what was the story? I can't the remember. The story was that she had a really bad cancer, and they thought there was no cure, so she made a bucket list of things she wanted to do. <laughs> and one of the things... I mean, that's such a bad sense. You're such an evil person. Uh, one of the things she wanted to do was ride bareback on a beach on a horse. Yeah. And so she recovered from the cancer and then did her bucket list and she fell off the horse and died. Uh, do you think uh, Clint Eastman might Clint Eastwood might be Stan Laurel's son? That's when you're having an. It feels it feels right to me. Yeah. yeah, he has denied it. Has he? He said it. I looked this up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought that's, I'd heard that before. Yeah. He said it came from him. There's a photo of uh, Clint Eastwood with his hair. His hair sticks up like Stan Laurel's. Yeah. And there's a photo of him smiling after he's done a spaghetti western, which is quite unusual. I think he looks a bit like Stan Laurel as a result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he uh, claims he isn't Stan, but he would, wouldn't he? It feels like it feels that he should be. Yeah. For story purposes, he should be. He should be. Yeah. That'd be good. Right, I'm going to ask you the most questions about poo. Go. I feel like I haven't had enough poo in this. Mm. Would you rather have an extra thumb on each hand, which you can do now, 
with robotics. <laughs> and it gives you... So you put it there, and it means you can, like, hold on to something and then still use your other thumb. <laughs> you can have them on both hands. Hey, wait, stop. So you get the thumb attached on the other side. <laughs> You've got another thumb <laughs> So you can do... Your thumb can do... You can do that, and then you can do other stuff like that. That's your, that's your right. extra thumb. So you can grab a thing whilst you go, hey, <laughs> I, could, I could pick up something and give the thumbs up at the same time. You, you can hitchhike in two different directions. <laughs> I could do that, but with thumbs. Yeah. I could go, hang loose, guys. <laughs> and everyone what the fuck? Yeah. I said hang loose. It takes a little while to master using it, but once you use it, you will yeah. not go back. No. Uh, Would you rather have that or be able to shoot poo out of your bum like a cannon? <laughs> and I'd say you can't kill anyone with the poo. If it hits them, it'll just be, they'll be covered in poo. Or if it's a hard poo, <laughs> like, ah. And it won't, you can turn it on and off. It's not like every time you go to the toilet. <laughs> it, but you get. <laughs> <laughs> but is it. And then if he. Watch it. Oh! So who did that? Can you with your bum in the air? Can is this okay? Is this only in the moment when I need a poo, or can I at will go? I'm going to shoot a poo out now. At will. At will. Yeah, I think you definitely that. Have one in the tank. Definitely. If I could be the master of it, (laughs) so that it wasn't happening to me, like if that was. That, that is such a great superpower. If you could, at will, back one out with yeah. such force that you could smote your enemy. I'd definitely do I that. I think it would just go on them. You what? I think it would just go. It wouldn't, like, kill them or anything. Oh, it's not going to hurt them? No. Oh. Well, then the thumbs. Okay. <laughs> would you quit pr- wasting my time? hurt their pride. I feel like Jeff got thinkier questions. <laughs> is that the word, thinkier? I think that's the word. I'd have asked him that. He's if thought I'd... about the world so much more than I have. Yes. I ha- <laughs> yes. I have not given it a jot of thought. Well, that's good. It's good that we have different people and you're, you're creating right. wonderful stories. And yeah. he's, yeah. He's thinking about thinking stuff. Thinking about stuff. Yeah. Do you have forceful opinions on anything? I agree. No, I don't, I don't think I ever have, really. And I've, like, what I find interesting is that people assume... Mm. Like, again, on, on social media especially, they assume, because of what you do, that you're a certain type of person, or they assume <clears> that if you do something, that you've, you're hypocritical against something that you've never even stated, you know? Yeah. That they, it's their assumption of what they think you're going to be. And I've always been not sure enough about myself to... Mm. You know, I feel, like, yeah. like left-leaning, but um, I, don't, I don't think I fit into every aspect of that. Yeah. Because I think also you should... Do, you know, I, don't, I really think that's interesting, what he's, what he's saying about... Um, you know, everyone having to be in the gang and think everything that that gang thinks, and you're not allowed to go. Oh, I don't, I don't, yeah. That one seems stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll get better. Um, once, uh, Sarah, you dreamed you grew a penis and it was an arthritic finger. How do you know that? Because I, I have access to your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I, yeah. I can that's get in there. Nuts. I can get in there, and that's the only dream. Imagine if that's the only, <laughs> like you had you you were psychic, but yeah. all you knew was what I dreamt. That yeah. I yeah yeah I did have that dream. Yeah, how was that? How did that work out? In the dream. Yeah, I remember it so clearly because I was a teenager, and um, 
you know when you have like mad sex dreams when you're a teenager mm. you, it's really worrying when you're an adult you're like well that's just a mad sex dream but in the dream I remember I was really upset and very worried about it and then I, di I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about it but I did have this dream that I was sitting in this bay window and I looked down and I had a penis but the penis was a knobbled old arthritic finger <laughs> and it was like and it had like you know like when the joints become swollen mm. and the nail becomes hardened like the nail folds over that was my dick right. in the dream but in the dream I masturbated it and it felt great <laughs> <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like oh my god what's wrong with me yeah, <laughs> my what? god what's wrong with me what is wrong with you though why do you, have you talked to your therapist about that? No, I, I reckon, dare not I mention it. That, you don't mention shit like that to therapists. <laughs> I reckon that. Because they will go to town on that. There are certain things where you're like, I'm not even going to be bothered to tell you about that because I don't want to hear the hour of material you're going to get out of it. I think once you sort that out, you're cured. That'll be, do you they think that's I think, it? They, I think if someone works out what that's about. Yeah. Because why is it arthritis? I mean, a finger sort yeah. of arthritis. Like to think of it having arthritis. Yeah. And, and in the dream, it felt so good when I... <laughs> that is accurate. That is what it, like, having yeah. a penis is like. Because I think men, like, like that's the thing with men. Like, yeah. you know, men often think, I wonder what the female orgasm feels like. And we yeah, go, I, I wonder what... Don't care. You give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> never crossed my mind. But in the dream, I was like, oh my God, this is what it feels like. Yeah. This is what um, masturbating a penis feels like for the man. And it was like, but I kept on thinking, I should stop because it's a knobbled old finger. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, in dreams, are you like, yeah. I should stop doing this because everybody is watching. Like, <laughs> do you ever have those dreams where you're like madly wanking or something on a train and you're like, I've got to stop. Everyone's watching and I can't stop. And, and it was like one of those dreams where I was like, I've got to yeah. stop loving this so much because it's an old arthritic finger. I'd be worried that the finger, that like a hand would come out, and then an old arthritic man would come out, follow, just yeah. emerge from you. Yeah. And then look at you. Why yeah. are you doing to my <laughs> finger? Leave my finger alone. I liked it. You dirty whore. But I think the female orgasm is a, is a more wondrous. I don't thing care than what the, you think about the male, the female. I mean, no one cares. Isn't it a more wondrous? I don't know. I've not had one. We're too old for anyone to give a fuck what we think <laughs> about sex. We're so old. And when middle-aged and above talk about sex, people just go, oh, could just fucking give it a rest. We don't need to hear We don't need those images in our head. I, I, imagine these young people having sex. You imagine young people No, I'm having. just saying for the listeners. <laughs> I'm talking about the female. I do, yeah. I would imagine young people don't need to. You can watch it online for free. They do. Jeez, they do. <laughs> they devour it online. Go on. <laughs> I don't know where to go next. No. I've got hello, meet the partners. That was my, that was my big thing, the Hello magazine thing. Oh, here's a good one. <laughs> Are you ever mistaken, uh, confused with Sarah Kendall, the co-author of the 1995 research paper, Sexual Dysfunction in HIV Seropositive Women Without AIDS. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. you know what's really aggravating is when I sign a, a T-shirt <laughs> when someone's like, sign my tits. I read your thesis, <laughs> Sarah Kendall. Yeah. And then I'm halfway through and then I know that they've got me mixed up. It's the wrong Sarah Kendall. But you sign it anyway. But I've already signed their tits. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, I'm not going to back out of this now. Okay.
That's good. Um, this is the thing I was going to ask you. I think we talked about this before, but you've been mistaken for Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I'm been mistaken for Brad Pitt. <laughs> I wondered if you and I should set up a lookalike agency where we, <laughs> where we only hide out together and we only do Nicole Kidman and Brad Pitt. <laughs> and that's the thing. And we go, we go out to events together and... and and what we could... I looked it up to see if they'd ever done any films together. <laughs> they haven't. No. They, did, they were going to be in Mr. and Mrs. Smith together, but oh. Brad Pitt didn't feel they had the right chemistry, so... He, they, Fate they, had other plans. Yeah, Angelina Jolly did it instead. Yeah, yeah. Can Angelina you Jolly. imagine if we turned up at someone's... <laughs> <laughs> birthday party? What's your, what's your catchphrase going to be? What's your Brad Pitt catchphrase? Because um, you've got to have one. you got to have I would something. do Dak Talk Crazy like he does in 12 Monkeys. Goes, <laughs> that movie's like 40 years old now. <laughs> That's, you've lost track of time. That's what you're going to do when we jump out of the cake. You're going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Or and, we uh, could do scenes from Mr. and Mrs. Smith, <laughs> but without any chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is why... This is why we had to recast. And I'll just look, so you, yeah. I'll look annoyed with you and go, yeah. well, I'm staying in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still going to be in it. It's her fault. The chemistry's not And right. I'll do my only... I'll just pull my, my Nicole Kidman face that yeah. I used to do in stand-up. <coughs> yeah. I'll just do that. I'll, okay. do, I'll do it for them now. I can't say that and then not do it. Yeah. I don't even know if the joke works anymore. It's not even a joke. It's just a face. Uh, oh, I've got to remember how I do it. Hang on. Okay, yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's pretty good. So you're going to be going... <laughs> and I'm going to be going... Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to book us... Well, how much yeah. do you think we should charge for that? I think high. 150. 150. 150. I think we should go high. Higher? Yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll, I'll be asked to do it a lot. I think we should go like 20 grand... And then someone will want to do it. And then it's know, ten grand each. It'd be so great if we got booked by a sultan. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking mad keen fan of both. And then we got flown out to like Dubai or something. <laughs> do you remember the back of the stage? They used to just, but we used to, they'd just be all the, there'd be adverts for just basically lookalikes. You, would just, you could go through them or they were all terrible. Yeah. They would take out a full page advert in the stage of, yeah. of Brad Pitt and, and Nicole Kidman only available together. <laughs> we, we do not work separately. Absolutely not. You cannot, no, you cannot book one of us. No, you can't actually. Good. That's what I. Ricky Gervais said. I think he said once when he was on Parky <laughs> that he saw a looky likey agency, <laughs> and there are all these guys doing David Brent, and they were just fat guys with goatees. He was like, every single one was just a fat guy with a goatee yeah. going, "I'm David Brent." He's like, "There's slightly more to what I do." <laughs> the people have spoken. The people oh, have spoken. Um, I'll ask you another emergency question. Okay, this is, this is a good one. Okay. This is a new one. This is one to end Would on. you rather have the ability... Yes, this is a, a definitely to end on. <laughs> Would you rather the ability to produce honey, um, you'd have a special honey stomach, and then you'd sick the honey up through your mouth? Hang on, say that, say that again. 
I have a honey stomach. Yeah, you've got a honey stomach that produces honey. <laughs> and you'd sick that up through your mouth <laughs> and produce 10 kilograms of honey per year. That I can then eat. It's what? I can eat. Oh, or sell. <laughs> and I'm producing 10 kilos per year. Yeah. What's that per day? Not so, like, much. how much do I sick up? Do I sick up at the same? Do I sick up every day or 10 kilos in one go at the end of a calendar year? I think you would be there for your volition. You could, you know, you wouldn't be just sicking up when you were full. you go, all right, fancy some money now. <laughs> Spread that on toast. But it would be fine. It was coming from your honey <clears throat> stomach. It'd be... So a tablespoon, I'd sick up a tablespoon when I felt like it. Yeah, but 10 kilos has to come out of me. In a 365-day yeah, yeah. period. You might go, I'll fill a pot. A what? Uh, you might say, I'll fill a pot. Okay, all right, okay, go. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. be able to make a pearl in your gallbladder every 10 years. The pearl would be worth 8,000 American dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but you would have to pass it with your urine via your urethra. That's really hit a nerve with the audience. <laughs> it's the most life you've shown in 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, mm. I think this is that thing of would you rather have uh, 20 pounds now or 60 pounds at the end of the month and most people not like don't. that. It's about honey and, and got <laughs> pearls. Yeah. That's it's really different. <laughs> See, you're absolutely right. Yeah. There's no similarity whatsoever. Yeah. This is just like <laughs> Sisyphus. Yes. Um... <clears throat> So it's honey. Or the pearl. I think I'm going to go with the honey. Because on the mornings when I have run out of honey, like, oh, fucking hell, I forgot to get honey. And I'll never have to feel that way again. That's true. I will never have to because I can sick up honey onto my children's (laughs) breakfast. Uh, They can go, can I have some honey on this? And I go, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And spew it on. And also, like, when people have got goat's cheese on a baguette and stuff, like honey on goat's cheese. Yeah, that does work, yeah. That's nice. That's a nice combo. Are you going for runny honey or that more solid honey? Or solid. Solid, yeah, solid with honeycomb. Yeah. Chunks. <laughs> Chunks of honey. Yeah, 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 totally. I think, yeah, I think just being able to produce. And I'd also like to do a thing where I'd go, I've waited 364 days, I'm now going to produce 10 kilos in one sitting. And then to just, like... Into ten, a 10 kilo ejaculation of honey out of my mouth. It's, not, it's probably not enough honey. I need to adjust the levels. I think you need more honey in a year. To, even though you've chosen honey, yeah. I think there should be more honey in that question. I like the fact that you are on the cover of your own notebook. Thank you, I like it. That's, this is the book I've been using in lockdown. I got that made specially. That's bananas, that is. <laughs> that didn't take off. I hate being the one who goes... Oh. <laughs> hey Sarah, it's been lovely talking it's to you. So it's been so nice really seeing you. to see you. Yeah, Thank you very nice much. Nice to see you. I'm coming. so glad you're not dead. I'm, should be, I should be all right for a little bit. I mean that. I really. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I do. That's, you're one of the, my best friends. You're you really too. glad I'm not dead. I'm really yeah. glad. I mean, let's, I mean, I'm not even joking. I mean, I mean, I'm re- genuinely not joking, and yeah. I laugh at people dying all the time. I know, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> In the extended version of this podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give an amazing round of applause to Sarah Kendall! Thank you very much. We're back next week with uh, Johnny Vegas and Jessica. Yeah, let's go. We'll go. Thank you very much. Come again. Tell your friends. Goodbye. We love you.
you have been listening to Rahula Slipper with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Sarah Kendall. Thank you to Scamp Regard for giving us this music. Thank you for the music. And thank you to all musicians uh, for giving us music generally as well. That's nice. I am indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm indebted, of course, to Chris Evans. Not that one. Not that one either. Or that one. It's the Gofuster Strike one. I'm also indebted to researcher Kathleen McKigan. McKeegan, who uh, runs the Rahalastapa.com site, which is an excellent resource for anyone wanting to know too much about each episode of Rahalastapa. Rahalastapa. Um, thank you so much for your kind assistance. This, uh, I'd also like to thank everyone at the Clapham Grand, of course, for the fantastic welcome they've given us and everyone who came to see these shows live. It's a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Why not head to GoFasterStripe.com slash badges, become a monthly badger, and get all those extras I've told you about so many times. Plus, you can get ad-free podcasts if you want. But do you want to get ad-free podcasts when you do want to do so many about Thundercat toys? Come on. All right, kids, see you on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.